Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari Show. We are live on this 23rd of March. Yes, it is the 23rd of March, and we are 24 hours away uh, from the vote, the big vote on Ryan Care. And I would say uh, Paul Ryan's future as the Speaker of the House. Because let's face it, this is his bill. Remember, the Republicans have had eight years to come up with a bill that they all could agree on. Eight years. Eight long, hard years. I mean, Paul Ryan ran for vice president of the United States, which makes, well, if this fails, and I'm not saying it's going to fail, I I don't want to say it's going to fail, but if it fails, uh, this is big. Okay, it's big. It's big. Now, we'll talk about that in a second. I just wanted to um, get our uh, our <laughs> weekly gay segment in. <laughs> you know, every week we have to have a gay segment. Actually, I don't think last week we had a gay segment. Or maybe we did. I don't remember. I don't remember. I know we had the Milo uh, segment. That was pretty gay. We had the tranny bathroom segment. That was gay. And I thought we had one more gay segment. Ah, Anyways, let's go with the gay segment now. So, and I had to laugh at this, and I had to look this up. I know this sounds stupid. I know this sounds ignorant, but the left uses the obia. And what I mean by that is Islamophobia, fatophobia, homophobia, trannyphobia, transphobia. So the left uses this word the obias so much that I had to look it up. I did. I had to look it up. And I wanted to see if people were actually using the obias in a proper way. So when somebody calls you a homophobe or you're uh, plagued with homophobia or that thing you said is Islamophobic Islamophobia I wanted to make sure that these people are using that term because the left loves to use these words bat shaming bullying All of these words that have been introduced to each and every one of us the past eight, ten years, 
just like out of the blue. So I looked up homophobia in the Merriam-Webster, okay, the Webster Dictionary, since 1828, and it's simple, it's sweet, and it's right to the point. Definition of homophobia is irrational fear of aversion to or discrimination against homosexuality or homosexuals. That's what homophobia is. Irrational fear of aversion to or discrimination against. Okay. Now, when in our, when did these definitions pertain to jokes? When did telling a joke about homosexuality or a homosexual or a transsexual become homophobia? When did it become an irrational fear, an aversion to, or discrimination against? I always thought, as I read the definition, homophobia was, I hate fags. They disgust me. I hate them. I just wish they would all die. I won't let a fag in my house. I thought that was homophobia. Not telling a joke. Especially... From a left black comedian. Now, Dave Chappelle, and I love when the left eats their own. Like, I love when they attack their own. It's great. It, it really is. It's great to watch them just devour their own. So, Dave Chappelle does a new comedy special. And he has... Two jokes, a gay joke and a tranny joke. And instantly he is called a homophobe. Now, here's the joke. He says, LGBTQ. I was like, what the F is the Q? Does that even make sense? Q. Turns out Q is like the vowels. That S is sometimes Y. It's for gay dudes that don't really know they're gay. You know what I mean. Like prison fags who are like, what? 
I'm not gay, nigga. I'm just sucking on these D's to pass the time. Now, I know it wasn't told in the Dave Chappelle style, but how does that joke turn into Dave Chappelle is homophobic? How does that joke translate into homophobia? And when did homosexuals and transsexuals have such thin skin? Or the concept that you cannot tell jokes about them. Like, when did they get cloaked with the non-joke policy? When did this happen? When did this happen? You have people on the left calling Baron Trump a retard, a little 12-year-old boy. You have the left calling him a retard. Straight up. Oh, look, what's wrong with that kid? And we're not talking about fringe people on the left. You have people like Saturday Night Live think Kellyanne Conway as a psycho stalker, like a a sexual deviant stalker. I mean, it's an affront to women. I mean, it's a sexist. It's it's horrible. When did this joke become homophobic? I I, I don't get it. And then the second joke, the tranny joke, was even more innocuous. He said, whenever I see one of them T's on the street, I'm like, I don't mind them. But man, I miss Bruce. I knew before you guys knew. I heard things on the street in Hollywood, you know? You used to be out, you see people. You say, hey, what's up, Kanye? Why the long face? He said, oh, nigga, you'll see. I got two mother-in-laws now. That was the joke. That was the tranny joke. That is transphobic. And, of course, people on Twitter, Dave Chappelle is a funny dude, but the homophobic and transphobic nonsense just derailed the whole thing for me. Major bummer. Where's the irrational fear, aversion to, or discrimination against? Hey, I miss Bruce. Hey, Kanye, why the long face? Oh, I got two mother-in-laws. That's transphobic? I mean, if anything, the joke was about mother-in-law. You know, the old, hundred-year-old joke about the mother-in-law being a big pain in the ass. I mean, that's what the joke was. 
Kanye saying mother-in-laws. It wasn't, oh, man, now I got this tranny in my life. And see, this is what the left has done these past eight and ten years. They've taken words, racism, homophobia. They've took these words, sexism, and they've bastardized them so much to the point where real homophobia, real transphobia, Real phobias actually happen, and they don't mean anything now. It's like getting a watered-down Pepsi or a a, a watered-down rum and Coke. When you start labeling everything homophobic, transphobic, sexism, racist, When real racism comes along, real homophobia comes along, it's like the boy that cried wolf. So when you have a comedian who cracks a joke about having two mother-in-laws being Kanye West, Or the guy in jail sucking on a ding-dong. And you start labeling Dave Chappelle homophobic, transphobic. People read this and they roll their eyes. And they go, oh, come on, man. Another person said, lots of, of, of weird, disappointing homophobia, transphobia stuff in the Dave Chappelle Netflix show. And again, I don't like to go back to the Webster definition, but irrational fear, aversion to, discrimination against. Nowhere in the Dave Chappelle joke did I hear discrimination or aversion. I heard him making a joke about Kanye West making a joke of having two mother-in-laws. Not a tranny, but a mother-in-law having two women busting his balls. That's what the joke was. That's what the joke was. That's what the joke was. homophobic, transphobic, it's just, you know, it's fascinating, it's just fascinating, absolutely fascinating, then this April, reign of April, she's the Creator at Broadway Black, managing editor at New Tribe Magazine, editor at large, named top 15 of Black Twitter. So, you know, she, she's, a, she's a heavyweight. She, she's a heavyweight in this uh, uh, entertainment field. 
she says, I was salivating for the new Chappelle specials. It's been 12 years. I knew stuff has been problematic before, but I was hoping for growth. But Chappelle's material was homophobic and transphobic and involved rape culture. I've grown too much not to speak up about it now. You joke about the left in any way you're demonized. But the left, they have carte blanche. They have carte blanche over whoever they want to joke about. Unless it's one of their own who then jokes about one of the tribe. And then they're condemned. But I mean, Dave Chappelle? You're going to attack Dave Chappelle? Call him homophobic? Transphobic? Because he's telling a Bruce Jenner joke? Are, are you kidding me? Seriously, you're, you're killing me. I did not hear irrational fear Aversion to or discrimination against in the Dave Chappelle special slash jokes. And again, people need to look up the definition and understand the definition of homophobia and transphobia and racism. Need to look these words up. Before you start throwing them around. If Dave Chappelle sat on that stage and said, I hate fags. They disgust me. They're revolting. I won't let one in my house. I won't let one in my car. That's homophobia. Uh, my people are telling me the, the effing Spreaker is jacked up. Man, that's BS. Everything's jacked up on the board. <sighs> you know, I keep seeing this, this thing. God, you know... Remember we had this problem last week, you guys, with the, 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 the internet, but it was the computers. It was the network. This effing kills me, kills me. Yeah, it was the, it was the, the computer, the, the virus computer. The virus computer, the, the computer that's as virus has a 1980s bathhouse in the middle of San Francisco. It's full of viruses. Full of viruses. Unbelievable. Tell me if you guys, uh, if it's, see, you know what? Let me ask you guys, because I keep seeing this flash on the board. I got this board and I got this board. You know, I always meant to ask a computer expert, and I'm not a computer expert. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a jerk-off as it pertains to... I'm a jerk-off as it pertains to a lot of things, but as it pertains to computers. Okay, now I'm seeing it 
back on. I don't know. You guys will have to check for me. You guys will have to give it a check. Shockwave. What the hell is Shockwave? And these mon- what this one computer, I'll see the Shockwave thing come up. I know that uh, that's like the Russians trying to hack the... Uh, all right, they say the Spreaker's back. I know that's like the Russians. I know that's like the Russians. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to... I'm not going to touch this board now. I'm not going to touch the board. I'm not going to touch the board. Just not going to touch it. Not going to touch it. Okay? All right. Um... Anyways, back to, to now I, br- I, br- I broke my train of thought on the on the, the Chappelle tranny stuff. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, can you imagine? Well, you know, it happened back. It happened back in the in the eighties. I was gonna say, can you imagine hoopla? And, and there was hoopla, but could you imagine? The era of social media back in the 80s when Eddie Murphy was doing stand-up or Dice Clay was doing stand-up, and they got heat. But imagine if there was social media back then. All these jack-offs. Oh, you're so homophobic. You're so transphobic. You're so phobic. Dave Chappelle. He's so... He's he's so... He's so... He's so... He's so homophobic. He's so transphobic. He made a joke about Caitlyn Jenner. It's a joke. It's a joke. (laughs) So anyways, I, I had to, I had, that was, what, once a week we do our gay bit. That was our gay bit. All right? All right. It's Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari Show. We're going to take a quick break. Hopefully we won't get a, a shockwave notification. Um, I don't know. We'll just hold on one second and we'll be right back. I'll tell you if we're, if we're going to get the shockwave. But I want to say no, one thing right. to the American people. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. These allegations are false, and I need to go back to work for the American people. Thank you. All right, we're back. So far, so good. We're all right. No shockwaves. Hey, why is Chelsea Clinton getting a a, a, a lifetime impact award? <laughs> Did anybody see that? Variety Magazine and Lifetime Television Network want her. Uh, Chelsea Clinton, vice chair of the Clinton Foundation, along with five other women, April 18th at the annual Women in Power Luncheon in Midtown Manhattan. What, what, is she, what has she done? <laughs> I'll tell you, I think they're grooming her. I mean, I know we've heard this rumor, but I, I, I think it's more than just a rumor. I think they're really grooming her to run for Senate. I think they are. I really do. I think they are. It, it be, 
I, I know they're telling me, well, it's already been out there. It was rumors before. Okay, stop it. There were rumors before, but I, I, I really think it's legit. The hell is she getting a lifetime in? What did she get an award for? Remember when MSNBC was paying her half a million dollars and she did nothing? You guys remember that? It was about three years ago. What the hell year are we in now? Uh, 17, maybe four years ago. I think it was 2012, 2013. She was getting half a million dollars. And she was supposed to be doing, like, not interviews, but those Lisa Ling. You ever see those Lisa Ling, Ling Lu, whatever her name is, on CNN? Where she goes and, and sees what life is like being a prostitute or what it's like to be a cockfighter <laughs> or, or a dogfight, whatever. I, I, it's something like that. I think she was supposed to do something like that for MSNBC. It's like, hi, I'm Chelsea Clinton, and you know, we're on location with the, uh, you know, with cannibals in the, in the wild or something like that. And I think she did one thing. I was like, ah, wow, you suck. You suck. You, you're bad. <laughs> you're crappy. So this is like another one of those things. Hey, we're going to give you an award. For what? Well, that's because you're, I don't know, Chelsea Clinton. <laughs> Chelsea Clinton. She's going to get an award. What has Chelsea Clinton ever done? I don't think she's ever, I don't think she's accomplished anything. Getting an award. It's pretty wild. That's, that's pretty wild. She'll be honored for her work with Alliance for a Healthier Generation, which empowers kids to develop lifelong healthy habits. Healthy habits. The other woman being recognized will be Gail King, uh, actress Jessica Chastain. Blake Lively and Adora McDonald, as well as media executive Sherry Redstone. I don't know who Adora McDonald is. I know who, of course, Gail King is. That's Oprah's girlfriend there. Jessica Chastain, I know. And Blake Lively, I know. And Chelsea Clinton's going to get an award with all of them. (laughs) All right, well, God bless you. I thought, I, I mean, that's it. That's the segment. I just came across. I'm trying to unload all these uh, stuff that I got. I got tons of stuff. But, you know, this week has been breaking with all sorts of news. So we've spending, you know, an hour here, the hour and a half on here. So we haven't been able to get to some of this stuff. So I'm just, you know, clearing it off my desk. <sighs> all right. Yesterday we talked about the illegals. In Maryland, you know, the two rapers. And it's it's pretty wild that CNN, and I'm on CNN. You know, we always got to go to CNN during the show, see what breaking news, that what, what BS Trump story they got, you know. <laughs> Every yesterday, the, uh, the, the possible, maybe... The only story I ever heard of it was about possibles and maybes. 
rehashed to uh to uh back from the Nunez um revelation. But anyways, so you go to the site and of course it's Trump team. No more talks, time to vote. Now we'll talk about that in a minute or two. We open the show with it a little. But you scroll around and nowhere on that site is there the story of the 14-year-old girl in Maryland that got raped by the two illegals. Now, there's a story that says ICE targeting sanctuary cities. That's a, uh, that's a big story. That's a big story. And then the story they have involving involving the 14-year-old girl getting raped is hundreds of hate messages target high school at center of rape case. Hate messages. Hate messages. Hate messages. So it's like they're blaming these parents for being upset. Like, how dare they be upset? How dare they be upset? And that's it. That's the story. Not why were these two illegals not deported? Why were these two illegals, 117 and 118, allowed to go to high school and be in a freshman class? I know the Supreme Court made a ruling that said you cannot deny. I, I, I get that. I get that. But there should be a rule with putting a 17 and 18-year-old in with a 14-year-old. Fine. Can't deny uh, a kid uh, going to public school. Okay, fine. Blah, blah, blah. But how about just not putting an 18-year-old into a classroom with a 14-year-old? Can we at least have that? Maybe? I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. You know, if CNN, and this is the reason they don't do it, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, and it goes to the concept that the media, Hollywood, Democrats, by controlling a message, by controlling a narrative, by controlling thoughts, you shape policy. You shape the public's perception. And, and this is a prime example. 
Because when you downplay this type of stuff to the point where you basically ignore it, to the point of ignoring it, then when illegal immigration comes up, they're able to say, what? Illegal immigration? Oh, it's such a, it's such a nothing. It's such a, it's such a, a, a blip on, on, the, on, the, on the map of the problems we have. It's, uh, it's nothing. Now imagine if MSNBC, CNN, ABC, CBS, imagine if these stories, and there's more of these stories, this isn't an aberration. This isn't like, oh my God, an illegal raping somebody. <gasps> I, I, I mean, I'm not saying this is an everyday thing, but it's not once in a effing lunar eclipse. Media reported on this, and you saw panels with Anderson Cooper and Don Lemon, then the American people would feel a lot different when they hear illegal immigration talks. You know, a a, a very, a, a very, A a very telling article came out two weeks ago, I think, and it kind of went under the radar, kind of went under the radar to a lot of people, and I thought it was amazing. And when you wrap it into this Maryland situation, it just fuels more of the issues that people like me talk about as it pertains to illegal immigration. And of all places, it was the Washington Post that wrote this article. But here's the funny thing. They wrote the article as a way to sell sympathy. And 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 make people sad, get liberals all emotional and weepy. But here's the thing. If you're not an emotional, weepy liberal, you read this article and went, huh. And they've been telling us that no illegals government benefits. So the Washington Post did an article basically saying that illegals have been refusing government assistance. And from uh, Tucson to Baltimore, the numbers 
of illegals applying for food stamps have been declining. And the number of illegals canceling their food stamp cards have been on the rise. Now, is that a bad thing? Of course not. And you say, well, why are they doing that? Because they're afraid that they'll be on the radar and ICE will come and deport them. Especially part of the Trump executive order that's beefed up ICE and took away some of those Obama provisions where if you've been here illegally for more than, what, 90 days and you're you know, a hundred miles away from where you came in, you're basically home free and so forth and so on. And then the statistics, which again, I thought were staggering. According to the Department of Agriculture, 1.5 million illegals get government assistance. And 3.9 million kids. Now remember, kids are defined as one of the two that raped the 14-year-old girl in Maryland. When you hear kids, the media automatically puts in your face four, five, six-year-olds, eight-year-olds. But kids are defined as anybody under the age of 18. 0.9 million kids who are children of illegals get government assistance. So, you're talking about close to 6 million illegals. That take from the United States of America. Million. How many times have you heard on MSNBC and CNN and ABC about, oh, the, the illegals don't get any government assistance. They pay into the system more than they take. Talk about six million people. Six million people who should not be here. And remember, the only reason the kids are here is because they're anchors. 
The parents come here, spit out a kid, and once that happens, they know they don't get deported. Remember, you can't break up a family. You can't break up a family. So an illegal comes here, spits out one, two, three kids, and then those three kids get government assistance, which means the entire family gets government assistance. What do you think? The mom and the dad are like, oh, no, no, we can't use that food card. It's for you three. Oh, no, 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 no. We, we, no, we can't use any of this stuff. It's only for you. Get out of here. (laughs) Get out of here. Just stop. Just, 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 just stop. I mean, just, uh, so when, when you compound that, that statistic, six million, and then you throw in an occasional rape, how is this? Not the number one priority of Congress right now. How is this something that Democrats turn a blind eye to? I mean, it's amazing to me. And It's amazing how CNN and MSNBC and the rest of the media ignore all of this. Fascinating. That's all I'm going to say. It's fascinating. All right. Rob Zakari, it's Rob Zakari Show. We'll be uh, right back after these, and I mean these, fascinating and exciting words. So, so I'm really honored by the crowd, and we're going to have some fun now, because instead of making a speech, which I've been doing over and over and over, I want to take questions. Don't we like that, right? Okay. All right, let's start with this group right over here. Come on. Okay, this man, I like this guy. Welcome, White Plains. Amen. Okay. We have a problem in this country. It's called Muslims. We know our current president is one. Right. You know he's not even an American. We need this first question. Certificate this man. First question. But anyway, we have training camps growing where they want to kill us. Mm-hmm. That's my question. When can we get rid of We're them? going to be looking at a lot of different things. And, you know, a lot of people are saying that, and a lot of people are saying that bad things are happening out there. We're going to be looking at that and plenty of other things. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Scary, Rob Scary, show. Rob Scary, show. Yes. So, uh, healthcare bill. You know, we've gotten to the point, and, and again, when this started two weeks ago, 
We didn't want to get into the weeds. Because ultimately, if it passes the House, it's going to then have to get through the Senate. And we said then that there's no sense of getting into the weeds and and breaking down, you know, this issue or that issue. If at the end of the day, it's all going to be for naught. It's all going to be for naught. But I will say, because I saw the story that was up today uh, on the uh, Pat Roberts, the Senator Pat Roberts, who made the joke about the, uh, the mammogram. And some people were very upset. So he had to come out and say, I deeply regret my comments on such an important topic. I know several individuals whose lives have been saved by mammograms, and I recognize how essential they are to women's health. I never intended to indicate otherwise, and I apologize for my concerns. Because he made a joke about not needing mammograms. Because during this Healthcare bill, they're going through and saying what they are going to strip from forcing insurance companies to provide. And see, people, and I said I wasn't going to get into the weeds, but, you know, people don't understand because you have too many Michael Moores running around talking about everybody should have health insurance. Everybody should have health insurance. Everybody should be covered by the government. Everybody should be good. This is insane. It's ridiculous. And we've broken down at the end of the day. If you're sick, if you're dying, if you broke your arm, you go to the hospital, you get fixed. Nobody's refusing you. You get billed, you can't pay it. What are they going to do? Can't get blood from a stone. But that's neither here nor there. This concept that the government should provide insurance, it's, it's, a, it's a wacky concept. I mean, it, it really is a wacky concept. And when people start basing us off of Canada or uh, uh, Uruguay or whatever third world country, I know Canada's not third world, but, you know, Canada's not us. We are who we are because we have free market. Now, yes. The big problem in this bill is there is no free market. The most popular thing that Trump ever said as it pertained to Obamacare and health care was the lines. You got to get rid of the lines. You got to get rid of the lines. You got to be able to have an insurance company from Texas 
be able to insure people who live in New York. You got to be able to have people who live in Pennsylvania buy insurance they want from a health care provider or a health care insurance company in Maine. And this bill doesn't have that in it. This bill does not have it in it. Doesn't have it in it. So to me, that's the biggest problem. The other stuff is is not a, a, a problem. Because ultimately... You're able to pick an insurance plan, and that plan would have the coverage that you need. So basically, what that congressman was saying, what the senator was saying, and he wasn't articulating it very well, was that you have these provisions in Obamacare that has made these premiums go up because – Obamacare is forcing these insurance companies to provide services that not all Americans need. Not all Americans need mammograms. Not all Americans need maternity and newborn care. Not all Americans need mental health and substance use disorder services, including behavioral health treatment. Not, not all Americans need that stuff. So if you strip that stuff out of what insurance companies have to have in their policies, then standard premiums go down. Now, if you want to buy an insurance policy that has these services, then you buy it. That's free market. But I shouldn't have to pay 10, 20, or 30% over what I normally would pay for services that I don't need has nothing to do with denying women mammograms. It just says if you're a woman and you go to buy health insurance and you go to Blue Cross Blue Shield, you go to Etnit, you go to Geico, if Geico was in the game, you then look at the policies and what they offer. And you go, okay, how much is this policy? It's $84 a month, okay. Do you offer prescription drugs? Yep. Do you offer mammograms? Yep. Do you offer maternity and newborn care? Ooh, no. Hmm. Well, right now, I'm not thinking about having a baby, so that's all right for me. If I do decide to have a baby, I'll have to add it, and I'll have to pay more. Okay. But see, this stuff is not explained to the average American properly. Instead, 
you have a Republican who makes a joke and then instantly has to run and apologize and say, I know how, I know it saves lives and I know it's important. I'm so sorry I said that. Instead of going, listen, a joke. I have a dry sense of humor or however you want to say it. But this is what I meant. And then he says, these are the essentials. But if somebody doesn't need those essentials, they shouldn't have to pay for them in a premium. And he should have broke it down like that, but they don't. All it is. And see, I don't get Obamacare. My girl doesn't get Obamacare. Okay? When she got her health insurance, I sat there and I looked at Blue Cross Blue Shield. And they literally offered 10 plans. You can get a PPO. You can get an HMO. You can get a gold. You can get a, uh, a bronze. You can get a platinum. This is how much this deductible is. This is what it covers. This is how much prescriptions are. That's how it's supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to be. Insurance companies should not be forced to have things in their policies that they have to offer people who don't need them, which in turn forces the prices to go higher. It's a menu, just like everything else in our lives. When you want to go to college, You could pick a community college, or you could pick Harvard. You could pay $100 a class, or $50 a class, or $25. Or you could pay a half a million dollars for your education. That's how health insurance should be. The health insurance provider, the company should not be forced to offer a certain set shouldn't they should not be forced to offer a certain set they shouldn't but I don't know if this this bill's going to make it because like I said. The lines are still there. And unless they get rid of the lines, you're going to have a lot of people that say, if you're not doing the lines, how do you expect to have free market? And you're going against everything That you talked about on the campaign trail. So there's my um, my thoughts on the insurance debate. But we'll know tomorrow. We'll know tomorrow, A, if it gets passed, and B, if Paul Ryan keeps his speakership. So we'll see what happens. It's Rob Scary. It's Rob Scary Show. We'll be right back after 
these fascinating words. I gotta get up. Everybody's uh, favorite, Chucky Schumer. Um, is throwing around filibuster. He's throwing around filibuster. Yes, he's throwing around filibuster on the. Gorsh nomination. Now, it's funny. Last night we were bringing up the fact that um, the narrative that the left is putting out there is that this Supreme Court nomination was stolen from Brock. Hussein, and we pointed to Chris Matthews, we pointed to Seth Meyers, it's amazing that, talk about Seth Meyers in 
political terms, this idiot who did fake news. That, that's what's even funnier. The guy made his career on doing fake news. Uh, it's fake news. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's great. But this notion that this Supreme Court nomination is being stolen is the greatest lie. Well, there's there's a lot more great lies, but this is up there. This is up there. When, in fact, Joe Biden, and I brought this up yesterday, and it gets lost in all of the um, liberals crying and whining, but Biden himself Biden himself gave a speech on the Senate floor and said a Supreme Court nomination should never take place during an election season. Now, I've heard people on left argue well, Obama won his elections. He won the election in 08, and then he won re-election in 2012. And that is true. But the final year, and not just the final year, but the final seven months, Two-term president is the exact, the exact same thing as an election year. We're not talking about Obama's first year of his second term. We're not talking about year. We're not even talking about the third year. We're talking about the final months. Talk about the final months. And when Obama took office, he had no problem getting in his Supreme Court picks. There was no filibusters, Sonia Sotomayara. She sailed through. Kagan sailed through. There is no theft of the Supreme Court pick. It's no theft. So, Schumer says they're going 
to filibuster. Now, I hope they do. I want McConnell to pull the nuclear option. I want that nuclear option. If that nuclear option is pulled, if Trump does nothing for the next four years except nominate Supreme Court justices, I don't care what president you get in that office. Supreme Court will be shaped for the next 60 years, at least 50. Because you will have Gorsh, and between now and four years, Kennedy is going to retire. And then I figure Ginsburg will probably, and I'm not trying to be too morbid, but probably suffer the same fate. We will get breaking news, and that breaking news will tell us that Ginsburg died in her sleep. And then you can add that particular option would fill. And then you're talking about four, five, six, talking about seven conservative justices. Because right now you have Roberts, Alito, and Thomas. Actually, six conservative justices. If you add Gorsh, throw in Pryor for Kennedy, and then Sykes for Ginsburg... You then have six conservative justices. Six to three. Six to three. Now you shape the court for 50 years. That's huge. Okay? That's huge. It's enormous. The question is, will Chucky use the filibuster? Because if he does the filibuster, he's going to get the nuclear option. And if he gets the nuclear option, he will 
lose three Supreme Court picks. He will lose the Supreme Court, and it will be hard right for the next 50 years. Is Schumer, is he ready to do that? I mean, just just think about this. He goes for the filibuster, and uh, Mitch McConnell, even though he's kind of um, fudged a little, oh, well, you know, I don't know if we're going to do that. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Could be. Now, He will get pushed by Trump. He'll get pushed, believe it or not, by Lindsey Graham. And ultimately, they will go nuclear, and Gorsuch will get confirmed with 51. Now, if he doesn't push for a filibuster... That means the nuclear option would be off the table. So the deal would be, I won't filibust, but you can't do a nuclear option. I won't filibust the next time, but you can't do a nuclear option. Chucky says, nope, I'm filibusting. The nuclear option comes out. And then Schumer's got to pray to Jesus Christ himself that no one dies or no one retires between now and when Trump goes up for re-election. And then he has to pray to Jesus Christ that no matter who runs against Trump, they beat him. And then he has to pray to Jesus Christ. Democrats take back the Senate. And then. And then. If Kennedy. Or Ginsburg or even Breyer die. Retire. He could have a shot. But man, those are a lot of what ifs. I mean, seriously. Those are a lot of ifs. That's a lot of ifs. It, what, is Schumer going to roll the dice? Is he really going to roll the dice? I mean, think of the backlash that Schumer would get from all of the groups, all the interest groups. All the interest groups that have a shot to lose. If McConnell goes nuclear. I mean, think about that. 
Because if Connell doesn't go nuclear, Schumer's got a chance of possibly only this seat and the next seat coming open in this four-year Trump presidency. And Gorsh isn't prior. <laughs> Gorsh isn't Sykes. And if he plays nice, the next seat won't be prior and it won't be Sykes. Because let's face it, yes, Roberts leans more right, but he could have went more right. And just completely annihilated Obamacare. But he didn't. But he could have. So the question is, will Chucky roll the dice? Because just imagine, if he plays the filibuster game, they go nuclear... Imagine then what will happen. Imagine then what will happen. So we'll see on that because they're going to be voting next month. They're going to be voting next month on Gorsh. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens, what goes on. Very interesting. All right. It's Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari Show. Take a quick break, and we'll be right back after these fascinating words. Yeah. Military air reports in 
Alright, we are back. Yeah, I mean, it's Rob's Carey, it's Rob's Carey show. So, Fox News has a story. And I'm, 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 I'm pretty ex- <laughs> See, we talked about this yesterday. We, we talked about a lot of stuff uh, starting to um, unravel on the Democrats and on the Obama administration. So James Rosen has an article where he says a potential smoking gun that will establish the Obama administration had spied on the Trump transition team and possibly they spied on the president-elect himself. And this will be produced to the House Intelligence Committee this week, a source tells James Rosen. Goes on to say, classified intelligence showing incidental collection of Trump team communications purportedly seen by committee chairman David Nunez and described by him in vague terms as a bombshell Wednesday afternoon uh, came from multiple sources. Capitol Hill sources told Fox News the intelligence corroborated information about surveillance of the Trump team that was known to Nunez. Sources said before Trump. Uh, accused his predecessor of having wiretapped him in a series of now infamous tweets posted March 4th. Intelligence is said to leave no doubt the Obama administration in its closing days was using the cover of legitimate surveillance on foreign targets to spy on President-elect Trump. The key to that conclusion is the unmasking of selected U.S. persons whose names appeared in the intelligence. The source said, adding that the paper trail leaves no other plausible purpose for the unmasking other than to damage the incoming Trump administration. The FBI hasn't been responsive to the House Intelligence Committee's request for documents, but the National Security Agency is expected to produce documents to the committee by Friday. The NSA document produced uh, production is expected to produce more intelligence than Nunez has so far seen or described, including what the one source described as a potential smoking gun, establishing the spying. Some time will be needed to properly assess the materials, the likely result being that congressional investigators and attorneys won't have a solid handle on the contents of the documents and their implications until next week. Because Nunez's intelligence came from multiple sources during a span of several weeks, and he has not shared the actual materials with his committee colleagues, he will not be the only member of the panel in a position to know that whatever the NSA has turned over. Some or all the intelligence he is inciting. However, Fox News has told Intelligence Committee Ranking Member Adam Schiff has been briefed on the basic contents of the intelligence described by Nunez. Uh, CIA Director Mike Papayo is also sympathetic to the effort to determine with, document, uh, with documentary evidence the extent of any alleged Obama administration spying on the Trump team. Blah, 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 blah. At a dramatic Wednesday uh, news conference, Nunez claimed to have seen evidence that members okay. 
Uh, ba 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 What I've read bothers me. Told him then shit last Nunez. We go ba ba. All right. Uh, James Rosen joined Fox Channel in '99. He currently serves as chief Washington correspondent, host the online show The Foxhole. Sounds dirty, doesn't it? His latest book, A Torch Kept Lit: Great Lives of the 20th Century. All right, so are we gonna get more of this uh, smoking gun tomorrow? That's the question. Are we? going to get this smoking gun tomorrow. Now, I haven't heard Adam Schiff today. Remember, yesterday, Schiff was out there, along with CNN, pushing back on this uh, Nonios revelation. Remember the whole Nonios uh Revelation and the CNN story, uh, which was basically a a lot of uh, possibly not confirmed. Been quiet today. I wonder why. Especially if this report is right. And Rosen says that Schiff was briefed on these possible smoking guns today. If seeing these possible smoking guns, that would... Definitely explain why he was so quiet. Just saying. It'll be interesting to see what comes out of this. I'm excited. It's going to be big. It's going to be huge. Or as Gorsh hearing, it'll be bigly. He did say that. He did say that. Bigly. <laughs> oh, it's Rob's Care. It's Rob's Care Show. I'll be right back. Don't go away. Rob's Carey, it's Rob's Carey show. Um, <laughs> I love that. Uh, uh, I, I I love the Times Magazine um, interview. The the big headline 
where Trump said, I'm a very intellectual person, but my instinct turns out to be right. Hey, look, in the meantime, I guess I can't be doing so badly because I'm president and you're not. (laughs) What a great way. Oh, I love that. I'm president, and you're not. Michael Shearer. I don't even know why Trump, why would Trump even do this uh, with, with this Time Magazine? Time Magazine's horrible. I mean, they, they, they're horrible. Number. Time Magazine did this uh, magazine cover. I, I remember when they did this cover where it showed uh, uh, Trump melting, and it was like, oh, the his campaign and, uh, you know, oh, look what's happening to my, I mean, just really nasty stuff. (laughs) Just really nasty, nasty stuff. I don't know why you would go and do the, (laughs) I don't know why you would go and, and, uh, and do this with, uh, (laughs) with the, uh, times they're just they're just nasty so the cover story is called is the truth dead and it covered subjects that range from trump's wiretap uh, accusations to the 2016 campaign trail conspiracy theory in the national Enquirer falsely connecting senator ted cruz's father and the jfk assassination So they talked about the Obama wiretap claim. And I love how everybody just completely dismissed. It's like, like, repeat everything. Don Lemon. I tell you, man, I wish. Ugh, Don Lemon. How about he says Nunez looks like a show for Trump? Well, what does every Democrat look like, you putz? What is every matter of fact? Hey Don, what do you look like? For eight years, you were a shill for Obama. Your whole network is a shill for Obama. Your whole network is a shill for Democrats. Your whole network worked hand in hand with Democrats and the Hillary Clinton. You got a lot of balls talking about shills. You got a lot of balls. Talking about shills. Man, this guy's got... uh, This guy's got balls. Big balls. Big balls. Just big balls. Uh, They also talk about... uh, uh, What else in this Times? Let me go to the thing. This is funny. I just know I'm going to wind up doing a half hour on this this Times... uh, On this Times piece. And it's going to just piss me off. But let's look. Hold on. 
Okay. <laughs> Susan Rice. The White House twists the truth. We are all less safe. Yeah. Okay. Just like the video. Video caused the uh, Arab Spring there and uh, all the, the death and Bengali. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay. Uh bye bye bye. Here he goes. It's oh so it's actually it's actually all right, let me uh Michael Shear. Uh so uh ba 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 President Trump, hey Michael, time. Hey Mr. President, thank you for taking the time. Absolutely how have you been? Okay. Yeah, it's been a while, a couple months. You keep us busy. Yeah, it's uh, been good, though. It's It's been uh, good. Do you want me to give you a quick overview of the story? Uh, yeah, it's a cool story. I mean, it's the concept is right. I predicted a lot of the things, Michael. Some things that came to you a little bit later, but, you know, we just rolled out a list. Sweden, I make the statement, everyone goes crazy. The next day, they have a massive riot, death, and problems. Kuma, that's Abedin, and Anthony Weiner, you know, what I tweeted about the whole deal. And then it turned out he had all the Hillary's emails. NATO obsolete because it doesn't cover terrorism. They fixed that. I said that the allies must pay. Nobody knew they were paying. I did. I figured it. Brexit was totally right about that. So he's basically giving a list of the greatest hits. He's giving a list of his greatest hits. The right day. Brussels, I said, Brussels, not Brussels. I mean, many other things. Elections raved against Bernie Sanders. We had a lot of things. Then Michael says, but there's other things you said that haven't panned out. The peg for this story is the wiretapping hearing on Monday, in which FBI Director James Comey and the NSA Director testified about your tweets there. Yeah, well, if you look at it, in fact, I'll give you the front page story. I just today, I heard just a little while ago that David Nunez had a news conference. Did you hear about this? Well, they have a lot of information on tapping. Did you hear about that? Did you hear about that? I have not. No. Now, remember this. When I said wiretapping, it was in quotes because a wiretapping is, you know, today. It is different than wiretapping. It is just a good description. But wiretapping is in quotes. What I'm talking about is surveillance. And today, House Intelligence Committee Chairman David Nunez just had a news conference. I probably got uh, obliterated by what's happened in London, but just had a news conference. And here's one of those things. The other one, the election. I said, we're going to win. He won. Many other things. I think it's going to be interesting. See, everybody kind of dismisses when Trump goes tapping wires, wire tapping. I quote, it can mean a lot of things. No, no, no. Don't get me going. All right, so, uh, you know, it keeps going. I mean, we could go through, take, so you don't feel like Comey's testimony on the way takes away from the credibility of your tweets you put out, even with the quotes. Then he goes through that. Um, let's see, who else? Hold on. And it's just like the guy's basically going through all the things that Trump has ever said. says that the claim that Muslims celebrated 9-11 in New Jersey. Trump goes, well, if you look at that reporter, he wrote the story in the Washington Post. He goes, but my idea is what 
whatever the reality of what you are describing, the fact that they disputed makes them more effective message. And it goes on. Uh, this, 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 this other computer we got is a junk computer too. Because you know what it is in this day and age of uh, the internet and pop-ups and viruses and things of that nature. Uh, all these things affect all these programs. So you can't go to any site without it just dumping all over your computer. I mean, it's, it, it really is insane. So you go there, like we're on the, the Times site right now. And of course, the Times, they don't make any money. Okay? The, you know, the magazine don't make any money. Nobody buys magazines anymore. So they got to have a website. And of course, the website can't just have information. It's got to be full of pop-ups. It's got to be full of garbage. So in turn, unless you got a $10,000 computer with uh, every uh, Norton antivirus update uh, every two hours, uh, you get virused or or your computer gets slowed down because there's 17,000 pop-ups. I don't care how good your computer is. I don't care what what, it, it happens on every computer. Every goddamn computer, this is what happens. So right now, my one computer is completely frozen. It's completely frozen. Time this piece of crap website completely hijacked my computer and, and, and it froze up. Garbage. Okay? It's garbage. Time Magazine. F you! Time Magazine. <laughs> F you! Uh, God. Jesus. Just killing me. <sighs> Just killing me. But anyways, there's the Times. I would check it out. Must be doing something good. I'm the president and you're not. <laughs> oh, it's good stuff. Oh, Trump's good. And we'll see again what happens tomorrow. I, I don't think the bill's going to go through. And I think Ryan will uh, resign next week. There's my prediction. There's my prediction. See, I, I, I know the concept is always replace, repeal and replace, but I would have just let the um, Obamacare implode. That's what I would have done. You know, Trump is great at uh, talking to the people. Like, he, I mean, he's great. He, he's great at talking to the people. He's great at, 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 at explaining to them everything, going directly to them. What he should have done was he should have. But the, the minute this stuff started getting rolling, the minute this stuff started rolling, 
And he started meeting, you know, with, with different people. He should have went, man, these a-holes for the last eight years, for the last eight years, had more than enough time to put together a repeal and replace. They don't have their S together. These guys are, are effing clueless. Ay, ay, ay. And then what he should have done was went online, uh, had a press conference, and said, hey, everybody, I know I told you all that we're going to uh, repeal uh, and replace. But here's the problem, okay? Here's the problem. In order to do that, I got to get 220 of these jack-offs in the house on board, okay? And then I got to get 51 of these jack-offs in the Senate. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? For the last eight years, you know what these jack-offs have been doing? You know what these these worthless swamp dwellers have been doing? Nothing. And they can't agree on a simple plan. Can't agree on a simple plan. There's eight people with eight different plans. So you want to know something? We we can't repeal it now. We can't repeal and we can't replace because these a-holes haven't come up with anything. So we're going to have to put it on the back burner. I think we should just let Obamacare explode. Once it explodes, it'll be a lot easier to get everybody on board on what to repeal it with, including the Democrats. I tried. I communicated. I investigated. I sat down. But you just can't sell ice to an Eskimo. Can't do it. And I can't sell this, ladies and gentlemen. So, it is what it is. Let's get on the tax reform. And we'll revisit this eight months from now. That's what Trump should have done. That's what he should have done. He should have buried. He should have buried all these a-holes. He should have buried them. Just effing buried them. But he didn't. So, we'll see. It's Rob Zuccari. It's Rob Zuccari's show. Don't go away. We've got uh, one more segment. I'm going to wrap everything up. Quick and tight. Just how I like it. 2015, during a press conference, Secretary Clinton assured us her private email server was secure, saying the server was on private property guarded by the Secret Service. Now, this would be laughable if it wasn't so serious. I know, you know, my constituents in eastern Iowa know you don't need to be a cat burglar to hack into an email server, and you don't need a cloth to wipe a server clean. One would think that a former United States senator, one would think 
that a former Secretary of State would know this as well. Would you agree with that statement? You would think, although as I said before, one of the things I've learned in this uh, case is that the, the Secretary may not have been as sophisticated as people assume. She didn't have a computer in her office at the State Department, for example. So I, I don't think, so I would assume the same thing about someone who'd been a senator and a high-ranking official. I'm not sure it's a fair assumption in this case. We are live. We are back. All right, so you guys saw the, uh, the arrest over in uh, Israel. A teen, and this is, uh, you know, th- of course, this is, um, uh, this has been downplayed. Why? Because when all of these uh, Jewish centers were uh, being um, targeted with bomb threats, and you had all these leftists these activists, the Lemons, the Coopers, the Maddows, the list goes on and on and on. We were told because of Donald Trump, the rise of anti-Semitism because of Donald Trump. In the past few months, we've had all of these threats all of these attacks because of Donald Trump. On more than one occasion uh, on this program, we've pointed out that um, 90% of this uh, hysteria and 90% of these incidences are all hoaxes. All hoaxes. Rather, it's the Muslim Olympic fencer who says she was detained at the airport because of Trump's Muslim ban, which never took place because her suspected or her supposed detaining happened, A, before the Muslim ban went into effect, and B, before Trump was even in office. To the teen on the subway who said she was beaten up by Trump supporters. And then we find out she made it all up because she was partying and late uh, coming home, Mr. Curfew. And she didn't want her father and mother to be mad at her. Hoax after hoax after hoax. And when we heard these um, Jewish centers and, and, and cemeteries, and they were being desecrated, and there were bomb threats, you have a reporter from The Intercept, or a former reporter from The Intercept, who's arrested, who's also a Bernie Sanders supporter. He gets arrested. He's the one that is making threats. And now you find out that a Jewish teenager, Jewish teenager, who was calling Jewish institutions and community centers all across the United States, 
teenager, 19 years old, who used advanced camouflage technologies to cover his tracks. He's a dual American-Israeli citizen. He was arrested in southern Israel. He made threats where a airlines had to make an emergency landing. So, remember, all of these hate groups, because of Trump, excited because Trump's the president. And they're going after all these Jewish centers. It was a hoax. It was fake. All of these threats have been perpetrated by two people. One, a former reporter for The Intercept. And two, a Jewish teenager living in Israel. Seems a little far, supporters. Wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say? Seems little far than the white supremacist Trump court. Thompson. Former intercept reporter. Bomb threat. This guy and this teenager are responsible for all of the bomb threats all of the United States past months. And fake news, CNN, MSN. breathlessly connected all of these threats to Donald Trump. MSNBC alone, MSNBC alone, every single program from Rachel Maddow to Chris Hayes to Lawrence O'Donnell to Chris Matthews. Every single one of those programs did segments about all of these bomb threats and the election of Donald Trump and the rise of the alt-right, the rise of anti-Semitism and the fact that Donald Trump has fueled all of this. Now, do you think any of them have gone back and did any type of correction? You think Don Lemon? You think Jake Tapper? You think any of them did any correction? Do you think any of them did a segment and went, oh, okay. Hey, these past few weeks, you know how we've been connecting all of these bomb threats 
to Donald Trump's presidency and Donald Trump's supporters, we have to say we were wrong. I mean, the Jewish kid alone is responsible for a hundred bomb threats. A hundred. So every one of those bomb threats, CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, they would all do a story referencing Trump, alt-right, anti-Semitism, white nationalists, Breitbart, Steve Bannon. Every one of those bomb threats they tied to Trump. And it was all perpetrated by one person, a kid living in Israel. Tell me they're not fake news? I mean, I get it. If you're on the left... You don't care. But I tell you, man, that's scary. It's scary that the media, I have a narrative, and create ideas in people's heads based on lies. And what's a trip is this very same people are constantly going after Trump for his supposed lies. I mean, we talked about the Time Magazine segment in the, in the last break, the, before the last break. I mean, the whole Time Magazine piece was about, you know, truth and the new truth and alternative facts. And yet, Every single one of these people built story after story, segment after segment, day in, day out, week after week, on the premise that all of these bomb threats were because of Trump and Trump supporters. They had no proof. They had nothing. So when they sit there and they go, well, Trump doesn't have proof on Obama and wiretapping. Dare he? How dare he do that? How da- And here they are with no proof that all of these bomb threats to all of these Jewish schools and churches, everything else involving uh, uh, Jews they have no proof that any of that is connected to Trump or Trump supporters and yet they all had no problem writing stories and conveying panels and connecting those dots actually have the balls to go after Trump for what he uh, uh, says and, and not being accurate and saying wiretapping and Obama 
where it should have been the administration and surveillance. And here we just find out that two guys, all the threats against all these Jewish centers. So you tell me who lies. You tell me what's fake news. It's Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari Show. We're out of here. We'll see you guys tomorrow. You're the best. You're the brightest. You're the smartest. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow on Friday. And I'm sure there'll be 8 trillion things popping tomorrow. Bet on it. Goodbye.